when I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 90. My name's Turner Sparks. I'm Mike Kaplan. You can find me at Turner B. Sparks on Twitter. You can find Cap on a K-A-P, Cap in America. On the podcast today, we have Amy Hawthorne from the New York Comedy Club coming to visit us. She is the talent coordinator over there. She's the booker. But also, before all that, she lived in Hungary a number of years ago. And she's going to tell us all about her life over there, why she lived there, what she was doing over there. It's going to be a blast with Cap. Let's start with this. Yeah. July 11th, we have a live <laughs> podcast at Stand Up New York Comedy Club, StandUpNY.com. Tickets are on sale now. It's going right to be now. a bl- Go. Pause the podcast. Go buy them. Absolutely. Do that right now. You're already online if you're listening to this podcast. Get your phone out, StandUpNY.com. On that show, we have DC Benny. We have Iman El Husseini coming back. That's a, that's a new one. And we have Donnie Does from the Donnie Videos from Barstool Sports. We have one more comedian to announce. We will announce surprise that next guest. week. Surprise guest. Surprise guest. Plus, we might have a few more surprises in store we can tell you Ooh. about next week. But you're going to be very excited. Stay tuned. There's a lot coming. It's going to be good. awesome. Also, right now, tickets are $10. If you put in the code L-O-S-T, just for our listeners, LOST, when you check out, you'll get those. That is until July 5th, so you better get them. If you're listening now and it's before July 5th, do it right now. Get your tickets right now. Ten bucks each. And, Can't go wrong. And if you didn't listen to this before July 5th, shame on you. Well, then, yeah, tickets are $15, yeah, yeah. but you can still come. Get, get this up in the queue. Unless they're sold out. Yeah. So you better get them quick. Kaplan, you're back in New York I'm City. Back. It's good to have yeah, you back. It's good to do this live. I'm feeling, I'm feeling uh, I miss this. I in do. Person, I miss the studio. I was last time we spoke. I was on the phone. I was pacing around the Barcelona airport. It was very uncomfortable. You were hanging out in a children's playland. Yeah. I'm surprised you got out of there without being arrested. Yeah, it was hard. And then I had a, I had a fly back here. I got on Norwegian Air. I discussed I had some air air tri- airfare problems. Norwegian Air. Norge- to me, that sounds like a classy airline. Yeah. just the name. But you say it's. It, it got worse for. It, I started with it. it. Got worse once I got on the plane. We sat on the. You know, like when you sit in the plane when you get all excited, you're gonna. The flight was delayed. We get on the plane. You sit there forever, and no one explains anything before you take off. Before you take off, yeah. And this is a this is a cross Atlantic flight. This is a long flight, and the and uh, they come on. They make an announcement. We're about to take off. Okay. You know, it's like you lose track of time. Half hour goes by. Forty five minutes go by. An hour. Then the guy comes back on and says, "I'm sorry, um, we have to repack the plane. It was uneven." We have to repack all the cargo. Who is he, my dad? <laughs> I got to repack. Oh, you, what's he, you pack in a trunk of a car? Don't you think they should just lie at that point? Like, why are they telling us the truth? They fucked up packing the plane improperly? Like, just yeah. make up a reason. Air, blame, throw air traffic control under the bus. Throw some weather pattern at us. Like, don't give me the truth there. Because now, he says, it's going to be a half hour at least. We got to repack the whole plane. Why do you have to repack? I, I, uneven, he said. I don't know. It, t- it tips over. I don't even know what that means. Are we flying? Is that total bullshit? That's ridiculous. Do you have any pilots? And then we take off and, um, I look over, it's like super hot in our plane, right? And I look over at this guy to my right, and he's, uh, he goes, oh, you should have. Uh, you, I, I fly Norwegian Air all the time. The back of the plane's always hot. But he. <laughs> what? It's like a thing. The back of the Don't, plane. Aren't all planes just the same temperature? Apparently not. And his guy came so prepared because 
one of the things on Norwegian Air is if you to get a drink, you know, you're hot, you want a drink? Sure. You have to pre-order the food. Okay. Is this a budget airline? It's a budget airline, I guess, but you pre-order your food, you get food, but you have to pre- I mean you have to pay for it, but you have to pre-order it online. Sure. So if you don't pre-order the food, you can't get a drink either. Or food. Yeah, or, you, or food. Forget wow. food. You don't even get food. You can only get a few options if you pre-order. They come by with the drinks. The cart's right there. It's super hot. I'm like, can I have a water? No. Did you, you pre-order? Can't. No, and not until what they've is gone. This, the Nina, the not, pizza, or the Santa Maria? Yeah, not until one? they've gone through it twice. They've done it for everyone else. Then they can give you a drink. Are you serious? So this guy to my right, who's, he's an expert. He's married. To, uh, he has a Spanish wife. He does this flight a lot. He had a bottle of wine and, and some beer, some cervezas. He's making himself drinks. He says, come is he with- reselling yeah. it? He says, he should have. He said, come with me. There's an area on the plane. It's called the bar where you can like stand and uh, you can just stand in it and like it's a cool area and it's like a bar and you can stand. There's the only thing good about Norwegian Air. There's no one serving you drinks, so you got to bring your own. Okay. So that's my little tip for everybody. Gavin, so Norwegian Air, I'm done with them. There's no one more lost in America than you if you're taking a budget cross-Atlantic flight. Yeah. Budget flights are terrible no matter where you are, yeah. but those are, you got to limit those to one hour maximum flight. Yeah, I learned one Maybe hour, two. the Ryanair, the 55 minute flight. If you're hot- going to Charleston, South Carolina, uh, if you're going to Vegas yeah. from LA, yeah. but you don't take it going across the Atlantic Ocean. This is what I learned. I had a great trip. I don't have anything to complain about. It's the country of Spain, just the airlines. All so right. there's my tip for everyone. Well, that's it. Uh, oh, Amazon. Did we Speaking of Amazon. Oh, yeah, I didn't even get to them. You guys, we get the money's coming in, but we it's not a lot these days. You guys, all you have to do, it's very easy. If you're going to go shop on Amazon anyway, which you all are, before you do that, go to lostinamericapod.com. Click in the upper right-hand corner. It's an Amazon banner. Click that. It takes you back to Amazon. It's two clicks. Two clicks. And then That's you're making money for it's- the pod. We don't ask anything else. We're not asking donations. We're not asking. There's no subscription fee for this podcast. Coming soon. Maybe. We might <laughs> have to. We have to ramp it up. If you're not buying on Amazon. But anyway, just do that. Money comes to us. It's a blast. We can keep the lights on. We can keep producer Randy Lee behind the glass over there. We can keep everybody. We can keep Ikram happy. Yeah. Because he's not letting us. He's taking a taste. Yeah. Producer Randy Lee almost turned the uh, the, the, the the mixing board off on us today. He, he said, almost yeah. turned it off. He said, Ikram, I didn't get paid this week. <laughs> Mr. Uh, invented Venmo Ikram. Guess what? The rich get richer. He wants money. Yeah. He's looking through the glass right now. He's flipping us off. <laughs> he's giving us... Flip off through the glass. He That's, wants money. Oh, he's storming into the studio. We're not making this for free. How are doing here? I'm, I see. I see these guys have enough muscle power to lift this mixing board. Oh great! The boss came <laughs> in. Uh, let's just make sure that mixing board makes it back into the room of your shop. See, I right. told you that's tra- yeah, that's him threatening us. He's threatening us, folks. So you gotta you gotta uh, buy. Shout out to Jennifer Miles Peak. Are you there? If, oh. you're, if you're listening, just want to say what up. I just had to come in and say hi. I don't think I've seen Kaplan in shorts before. <laughs> Didn't Hot take. Do you work with shorts? <laughs> casual, Listen, is, casual Monday here. This is an outfit for radio. This is a radio. And our audience, we just told them we're in tuxedos, so you ruined the show. <laughs> Ents is an F. It, Everyone get Ents. All right, let's get to that's that's uh, that's our uh, that's Ikram from upstairs coming uh, down from high upstairs. Yeah. Shout out to Ikram. Let's get to Lost in America. Play the music. Play the music. We're back. Kaplan, I'm lost in America this week in yes. a big way. All right. 
So I alluded to this a couple weeks ago. Yay and I have been looking for a new apartment. We're moving apartments in New York City. We want to stay relatively in our same neighborhood, but somewhere we can save a little bit of cash, right? That's all, because I think we're paying an, a, a, an outrageous amount of money. I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, too and many so, pesos. Yeah, so we're getting a little, we want to get a little more uh, in our range. So we're looking around, and here's the first thing I want to say, is that real estate agents, I think the point of a real estate agent is to make you and your wife get divorced. <laughs> I think that's the number one goal because you tell them, okay, we're, we can spend about this month much, right? Yeah. You tell them how much you can spend, and what do they do? Imagine you say, we can spend $1,000, for example. I know then they go, going. okay, first place I'm going to take you to, $1,500. Right, but it's really great. You're going to love it. But it's great. You're going to love it. And then they listen for what you like. What do you like? Oh, we like a washing machine and a patio and a whatever. And then they take you, you get all those, but it's just outside of your range because they want one of you to say, ooh, we love this. Or if, they, if, if, if that doesn't work, if they can't take you to a place that's barely out of your range, they'll take you to a place that's your price but in a terrible neighborhood. Right. right? Well, that's the thing. If they cared about you, they would take you to a place that's, out, that's in your range that's crappy to show you that like, even your range isn't that great. Yes. You'd be realistic. Yeah, they but don't no. do that. No, no, no. So what they do, so they take us to this place. It's in our range. All right, that's good. Maybe Check. even a little below our range. And right. they're like, this is a great deal. You're going to love this. Uh -huh. It's absolutely fantastic. It has a roof deck. Okay. So yay is like number one on the list before I even see it. It has a roof deck. Right. We get in there. The space is all fine. We're there on like a Saturday morning. It's got a roof deck. Private it's, roof deck? Uh, no, you share it with like four. Oh. For sure with a building. It's also, we're in New York City. Right. It's it's sunny about uh, six weeks a year. <laughs> right, that's the thing. The roof deck sounds great, but you don't use it that often. Exactly. So then we look at it. Yeah, it's like 100%. I want it. I'm in. We got it. We want to get it. And I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, this is pretty good. I walk outside. I look eh, 10 feet across the street. Gowanus Housing Projects. Oh. We are directly across the street from the Gowanus Housing Projects. Yeah, goes, don't, come on, don't be a wimp. You kidding me? We can live next to a project. Who cares? Right, because she didn't grow up in America. She doesn't have any of the baggage that the word projects means, right? Dangerous. The dangerous. Right? Yeah. Dan like the, in my head, it means dangerous. Yeah. In her head, it just means these people don't make as much as you. Don't yeah, be an a-hole. So we discussed in China, in the cities, the area's not as bad, right? It's not as so she's like, at least Google it, and we can right. see if anything's wrong going on at that housing project. So I, I Google it. It says it is the home to the, and I quote, murderous mad dog blood gang. Shout out. Shout out <laughs> to the murderous mad dog blood gang. If you think I'm lying, I encourage everyone to right now it's, turn off this off. Google Gowanus Housing Project. Isn't that too projects. long of a name for a gang? It's very murderous mad dog. Verbose. It's tough to get that out. It's very verbose. Do they have like an MM, mad, murderous mad dog blood, MMBGs? The MMBGs. I think they go by the whole name. All right. But, but I think dogs? it's because by the time you can get the name, hey, aren't you the murderous <laughs> mad dog? You can have with you since. They already shoot you. Right. Yeah. You're already dead. Yeah, that's So that's strategy. part of their strategy. I look it up, and she goes, oh, come on. That's just a name. But they have a, we have a roof deck. Uh, that's her whole <laughs> yeah, thing. There's you snipers got, up there from the police you department. You got a roof deck. And I'm like, we're across the street from the murderous Mad Dog Blood Gang. So then she's like, at least do some research about the murderous Mad Dog Blood They might be nice guys. Right. So I look it up. Last year, maybe 2016. <laughs> Send me the resume. What have they done? 2016. They have 62 confirmed kills. Oh, that's good. In the neighborhood. It's like Vietnam, confirmed kills. For confirmed <laughs> kills. <laughs> oh, about bodies. And then I say that to her, and she says, yeah, but that was two years ago. Oh, yeah. They've cleaned up that the That was in Obama's America. They've cleaned up the neighborhood <laughs> since then. And so we go there on a Sunday night. I'm like, okay, fine. So we go there on a Sunday night at like 10 p.m. We're like, we're going to look at this. <laughs> Sunday night, 
It looks totally fine. Uh-huh. And so I'm almost, I'm on the edge of like buying it. Okay, fine, we'll move in, you know? I call up someone who I don't think would want to be named because they, this doesn't f- jive with their politics. Okay. Oh, wow. But, but I call a little someone, birdie. You might know on the pod. Ooh, I call them up and they say, <laughs> don't be an idiot. Don't be a hero. Sunday night is the worst. It's the, it's the quietest night in the project. Statistically speaking, it's a day of rest. It's a day of rest for the murderous Everyone Mad Dog Blood Game. It's like the church time, the mob. They would respect that. Yes. Her. It's a day of rest for the murder. Yeah, for the murderous Mad Dog Blood Gang. They don't do much on Sundays. They're right? watching uh, Game of Thrones or something. Or- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, uh, so finally, I, I make the, I, I decide. I'm like, I can't, I can't move in there. And... It's a few days, possibly did, still, of my wife thinking I'm just... Did she move in there with the real estate agent? Yeah. <laughs> Is he good looking? <laughs> so she moves in. She's in the murderous <laughs> Mad Dog Blood Gang now. Okay. She's, they, a, she's they the Jane Fonda of the Blood Gang. They jumped her in. She's Patty Hearst. Okay. <laughs> she's robbing the uh, the banks outside of Oakland. I don't know. What would you do in this situation? So what? So then her whole thing is. Like, I mean, yes. we would be reverse. In my relate, we'd be reversed. I would probably be the one be like, "Oh, I, I love a roof deck." Randy would be like, "I'm not living anywhere near the murder." <laughs> so we would flip flop this whole. And also, it's cheaper. So I, I would be looking for cheaper. Yeah. But I'm the one who has to come home at two in the morning. Yeah, you're work. You're slaving away at the comedy. I'm yeah. out at the comedy club because I remember she's I, at the Bing Factory. Yeah, I mentioned this on a pod when I was looking at apartments in L.A. and how the guy was like, without unprompted, said like, "This is a safe neighborhood. Even if it doesn't look it, like if you if you and your lady get in a have, get in a fight and she needs to blow off some steam, <laughs> you can let her walk through these streets and it'll be fine." <laughs> so like, that's the question you have to ask yourself. It's like, if you are walking around at like, uh, you know, midnight. Uh, not on a Sunday. Exactly. Uh, so, you can you can be a hero, as our unnamed person would say, and be all liberal about it, or you can be realistic and be like, you know what? Well, we can afford I, to I live afford somewhere to live else. else. That's what he I said. And then you're gonna be accused of being a gentrifier if you move into that building across from them. And you, that's the worst you can be. Because like you know, I live. I like to say I'm near. I'm in Ron Artest's neighborhood, but we're there's there's a little bit of buffer. You want a buffer. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. As as great of people as all of us are, we all know we're great. And people. And you got to think about the schools. You gotta be a real. <laughs> yeah. If you want to be a real white hypocrite, you guys already start thinking about the schools. Sure. So you guys, I don't know if you're planning that down the road. How well, far away we are. To but... wrap this up, because our guest is here, is here outside. Yep. That is not. We didn't move in there. All right. We found a place a block and a half away from where we live now. It's fantastic. We love it. Ooh. It's two hundred. No, it's one hundred and fifty dollars more a month. More to live in our same neighborhood as opposed to living across the street from the murderous Mad Dog Blood Gang. Oh, but so, is it less than what you were paying? Oh, yeah, by a lot. It's a lot less than what we're paying. Look at that, people. So so we're happy to be there. Thank you. Thank you, all listeners, for uh, supporting. Yeah. And uh, that's it. Ints is an app. You can get it in the app store. We already talked about Ints. Ikram came in. Ikram already came in. Up to five-minute voice messages. E-N-S-E. Ints.NYC. That's it. Let's get Amy Hawthorne here. Come on in, Amy. All right, so we're back with our guest, Amy Hawthorne. Amy, welcome to the show. Hello. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> this is the first time this has ever happened. Is this your second time being on the show, but our first time our listeners have heard you on the show? We recorded with you, I don't know, six weeks ago, two months ago, something like that. And then we realized it was the audio was not usable in any way. So thank you for coming back. One, one out of 90 we went. We had, yeah, that's not bad that's, odds. That's a pretty good ratio, yeah. right? So, although we did fire a producer over it, but... Yeah, exactly. 
We can we can the whole staff. The whole, That's why no one's here. Housekeeping. We blamed like, house. like a good leader. We blamed other people. Yeah. Not ourselves. So, and we're still here. We're still here. We've replaced so. everyone underneath us. Let's just make sure is everything working here. Everything's good. Yeah. Looks like it. I think we're 100. percent We're <laughs> good right. to go. Woo-hoo. So welcome back. Um. And yeah. What's how you doing? I'm doing all right. Great. You. What we're gonna get into is uh, hungry. Yes. Yes. See, th- what's good about this is we did this two months ago, but Kevin was asking me before we started. He's like, oh, should I I'm like, should I remember what we talked about last time so we don't talk about it? I'm like, that's actually better yeah. that you don't remember. And I'm kind of the same way. And I have no yeah. short-term memory, apparently, so it's like hazy. I, yeah, I don't remember either. <laughs> I used to have that because I used to have a, well, I have a podcast now too, but I used to have a podcast that was strictly my own podcast what? where I interviewed comics and... Uh, I literally, I did all the engineering. I did everything. I was the entire staff. I would go through it. I would be like mixing the audio levels and making sure it didn't pop too much or, you know, someone was too quiet. And I would forget everything I had just said to this person two hours ago. Oh, yeah. There's something about while you're in the act of doing the podcast that it just, it's like in and out. Same thing. That happens to me. And then, I don't know, let's promote your podcast. Uh, Well, the podcast that I do now is called This Is Not A Green Room. Um, It's recorded live at New York Comedy Club, where I work. Uh, in the green room, and it's that's like a. <laughs> I know it's called "This is not a green room." That's that reference to that. This is not a pipe uh, yes. painting. <laughs> yeah, so it actually is in a green room. Um, but of course, it is a mere representation of the green room rather than an actual green room. Uh, prior to that, you actually can still go get the archive of this. Uh, I had a podcast called "What's Your Problem." Um, and it's put out under Comedy Groupie. You can look up either of those things on iTunes. Cool. I was on the This Is Not A Green Room one time. Yeah. Possibly, I kind of walked in because I was because you do it during a show. Yeah. When you have a show going on in the in the comedy room, and then in the back room, like whoever's on that show, is that the way it works? Yeah, well, it's, it's gone through a couple iterations because I had this, um, there was this podcast in L.A. called The Ice House Chronicles that Red Band used to do, and it was literally, there were like five mics, And everyone on it was on the show. It was at the Ice House in Pasadena. And they would rotate in and out as they went on stage. But being on the show, you were part of the podcast. And I was like, I love this idea. This is what I want to do. We were looking for a podcast that we could do as a club. And I was like, let's do this. But the difference is that we literally are in our green room during a show. And so, like, they had, like, a real podcast studio set up with chairs and headphones and the proper... I mean, like, we have really... The audio part is, like, amazing and professional. But... There's no um, gate. Do you know what I mean? Like, it gets yes. to the point, too, where, like, depending on what time we would start, like, our idea was I had a few that worked out perfect of people coming and going, and there was never more than, like, three people talking at once because of the timing of things. And then a couple of times we just had, like, one person who didn't expect to be the star of the show for 45 minutes, yeah. or we'd have 10 people, and suddenly there'd be three different conversations happening. Um, so I can't remember exactly what phase we were in, the one you walked in on. I think well, it was the 10 people. Was, I think I was part of, I was probably the decision to have a gate <laughs> after me <laughs> because I walked in and I also didn't know, I was like doing a guest spot or something on the, on the show and I walked in and everyone was like, oh, all right, yeah, sure, grab a mic and start talking. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, no, now I remember because, yeah, you were a late guest spot, and so I hadn't bothered to ask you. Yeah. I, didn't, I figured we'd be done by that time, and I wasn't going to be like, hey, this spot I'm not even paying you to do. Could you come and do extra work ahead of that by yeah, being yeah. on my podcast? He will say yes to uh, that. I mean, yeah. everyone will say yes to that, but I try not to take advantage of that fact. But so, uh, And yeah, now but it's we like a one-on-one, on one, right? Yeah, so now it's like, or, or one-on-two, or like, it's more like two on two because there's also Rachel, who's one of our bartenders, is the oh, yeah, co-host. She's great. 
Um, and so we usually have like a main guest, but there will also be sort of like a peanut gallery and, or an auxiliary guest who has something in common. I could be a peanut gallery. Yeah. Rick Roman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> usually they'll have something in common with the guest or like what we're talking to the guest about so that it's not, you know, weird. Yeah. Right. <laughs> sure. Backup. But yeah, exactly. That's always good. That's why we have each other here. Yeah. Because in case anything goes wrong, we can just talk to each other. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's the thing too, like neither Rachel nor I are comics. So yeah. like- you know, we kill at office parties. I would be the funniest person at your water cooler, but I am not podcast. You know what I mean? Like water cooler. (laughs) (laughs) I I kill at the water. I'm very upset when people with a bottle of water, nobody goes to the water cooler anymore. I'm standing there talking to myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the only one. It's a Keurig. I'm good at the Keurig too. The Keurig station. Great there. But how was the audio for his pod? You didn't mess it up. Uh, No, it was good. It was fine. Yeah, it was good. So you lived in Hungary. I did. And why? Okay. So, but you've been in New York for a, a few years. Yeah. I've been here almost four years now. No, it has been four years. No, I don't know. Something and like that. And we talked about it earlier, but you're the talent coordinator and also running uh, the New York Comedy Club. Yeah. Well, not exactly. I mean, running is saying a lot. I'm the director of operations, but like we have a great GM who does things. We have two really hands on owners. So it's not like I'm the only one carrying this sure. massive. Sure. You're the director of burden. those operations. So that's right. Yeah. yeah there we go. Yeah. You can take a compliment. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but well, I just want to give credit where credit's due. Right. Definitely. Shout out to all. Yeah, <laughs> the whole team. The whole team. Team's great. Um, so you were in. So you went after college. Did you go to Hungary? How did you get to? So Hungary? yeah. So I went junior year abroad. Well, except I didn't go the whole year. I just went for six months, and that's a whole story of me not doing things that I should have done on time, uh, <laughs> which is kind of the story of my life. But it all worked, and it all worked out, which is another thing. Like, just I have never learned to not procrastinate because it always works out. Sure. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I went there for about six months, and I completely fell in love. And I, was, I went there because it was a math program. I was a math major, big nerd. And the only, it was the only, like, approved math program from my college that was not in England. Like, I could have gone, I also could have gone to Italy because I was studying Italian, you know, but I, it, it wouldn't have been mostly math, and I could have studied math, but that, you know, who knows if it would have translated. And this one was supposed to, like, look really great on your transcript if you were applying to grad school, which in my mind, like, this is where my life is going at the time. And instead, I completely fell in love with Budapest, and I was like, fuck grad school. And uh, I graduated from college, I got a job uh, in software, saved up a bunch of money, which didn't actually need to be that much money because in 2002, Hungary was not, you know, a high cost of living country and probably still isn't. And uh, I just moved there. How much? First of all, back to math. Yeah. Start there. You fall in love with math in Europe. That's very, that happens all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's a romantic setting you picture when someone goes study abroad and they come back talking. They come back talking about math. That's most of our guests. Yeah. Yeah. Crepes and math. Yeah. Two things. So you were a math major? Yeah. Okay. I was <laughs> awful in I was so awful in math. Yeah. I was my I, I took pre-calculus my senior year of high school. Yeah. And the teacher was also my track coach. And after a month of pre-calculus, like before the first midterm, he told me, he was like, Turner, you want to stay after class? And I was like, Yeah, sure. And he's like, Hey, so uh, I've been checking and uh, you realize you don't have to take this, right? And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, you're not doing very well. And <laughs> yeah, get kicked off the track. And then he goes, he's like, I've already checked it out. Uh, he's like, have you gotten into college yet? I'm like, yeah, I got in. And he's like, okay, yeah, don't don't take mm-hmm. this. He's like, I've already checked it out. They have a um, they have a spot. They need an R. They need like an assistant in the library. <laughs> you can just do that for the semester and get the same amount of credits, and you don't have to take this class. Wait, did they move you to another math class? They just no. He literally yeah. just sent me to the library. Like, no more numbers True. for you. Yeah. Stop it. 
Well, yeah. they do have the Dewey Decimal System. So it I seems, guess that's yeah, numbers. exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we were moving out of that at that point. Yeah. So it seems that seems impossible. But then, did you take? Was it still in English when you were in Hungary? Yeah. So the the math classes numbers were in numbers. English. Numbers are numbers. I mean, that's true too. But also, um, yeah. So all of the math classes were in English, but we all took. Uh, well, a bunch of us took an intensive Hungarian class like for two weeks before any of the classes started, and then we had Hungarian classes the whole time as well that we were there. Um, but yeah, all of, all of the math was in English. And why is Hungary like really good at math? Uh, I, there's something in the brain and the way the light. I mean, okay, this is not scientifically proven. <laughs> Let Disclaimer. Me no, no, no. This is a, on this podcast. This <laughs> the Hungarians is are superior. Yeah, just like there is something <laughs> in their way. brain. The way that their language works, it's agglutinative and it is almost purely mathematical, with very few exceptions. And uh, I think that that's why Hungarians tend to be better mathematicians and physicists. I mean, most of the people that worked on the atomic bomb were Hungarian. Shout out. Uh, So, which, you know, that can be a good thing or (laughs) something, depending on how you look at it. A few Jews there. (laughs) (laughs) You got a few Hungarian Jews. Hungarian Jews, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) yeah, so. That's so interesting. Yeah, they just have this like knack for it. And then once, you know, the Iron Curtain came down, I think it was even maybe before then, this was some kind of like glass nosty program where it was just like, it's a really small program at this kind of random random offshoot of a college in Budapest. And they got affiliated with like five or six colleges in the U.S. And mine was one of them. And that was... Where'd that you was go to college? Smith College. Oh, okay. Ladies. Wow. Also, too, I am being very like flippant of like the whole, oh, the, their language is mathematical, so they're good at physics. Like that's also a couple of very specific strains of math. And then there's other kinds of math yeah. that, you know, are, are totally different. So when you got so, there to Hungary, it was in a class? Uh, oh, this you went once and you went... Yeah. So there's something that happened in that first month, six months. It was enough to make you move back. Yeah. I mean, I think some of it is I grew up in a really, really small town in New Hampshire, and this was the first city I ever lived in. Um, and that was something that definitely made me fall in love with it. And uh, I loved that... It was sort of a weird throwback in time because they'd been under communism. So this was like, okay, I think I went to school there in 1999. And so they'd only been sort of capitalist for like 10 years. And they just like, like I went to a butcher to get my meat. They're like not, not inside a grocery store. None of the meat was wrapped in saran wrap. Like I literally went there. There was a leg of pork sitting there. And I was like, hey, I want some pork chops. And he took the leg and he chopped off some chops and he gave me the chops. Yeah. Chopped right off the pig? Yeah. No, I mean, no, the leg's already off the <laughs> oh, pig. Yeah. They just killed the There's pig something the about here. it that also is like, also, the first time you go abroad or you, if you stay for a couple weeks or if you live somewhere, I feel like every day feels like an adventure. Yeah. In the sense that you're like, well, what's down that alley? Yeah. I want to go see what's over there. I remember thinking that I, I kept trying to find an opium den when I was first got to China. <laughs> I was like, there must be one around here. I didn't read a history book to find yeah. out that they had been gone for like 50 years. That's the whole reason communists existed, <laughs> oh. was to get rid of the opium. That was the whole plan? And every time I saw oh. like a red light and like a lantern, I'm like, yeah. those must be old guys smoking opium. And in what there. was in there usually? Nothing. Oh. Just somebody playing, not like watching TV, memorizing, uh. memorizing numbers. It's just yeah. somebody's house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it is. There's some addictive nature about yeah. that, right? And so you're over there, and you're with a class, I guess. Yeah. And there was uh, one woman that had come from Smith, and everybody else was from different colleges, and that was co-ed. It and were you under 21 when you went? Or? Yeah. I was, uh, I guess I was still like 18 or 19. Oh, so that's so then you can drink. I mean, that was the other thing, too. Yeah, I, got to, I could legally drink. Um, also, they've got these Turkish baths there that are amazing. Hungary's been occupied by just about everybody. And uh, so you get all this stuff stuff over the past like 1,200 years, whatever it's been, that's like accumulated. So like there's Turkish baths and like cool Ottoman stuff, but then there's also like 
crazy like Viennese stuff of like coffee shops and things like that. It's really like it's such a cool blend of cultures. They were culturally appropriating things for like hundreds of years. <laughs> they sure <laughs> were, yeah. except as the oppressed, not the yeah. oppressed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what's the food like? Because you we went to was that a Hungarian place? Where Ukrainian. Oh, where you, yeah. Steve Simone and I went. Um, so it's not quite like that because Hungarians. There's like definitely some influence, but they are not originally Slavic people. They actually came from like the Asian steppes where like the Mongols were. Um, and also that's where the Huns came from. Even though they are not Huns, that's why they're called hungry because if you're a terrified European and you see some barbarians from the East on horses, you go, oh, I guess those are all Huns. Um, so they called them Huns and they embraced it and became hungry? Yeah. Well, no, that's not their name. I mean, you know, <laughs> Someone as, else as, named as, most, <laughs> as most countries, as we say in English, that's not their name even close to it. You know, like oh. Deutschland, Germany, that's not the thing. Their name for themselves is Medjar Arsag. So. Medjar Arsag. Yeah. And so then you come back and you finish college in the U.S. Yep. And then when you decide to go back, yeah, is it in your head like I'm going for a year or I'm staying for however long? Yeah, I saved up enough money to live there for six months um, without a job. How and much money does like, that take? I mean, God, at the time it was not that much. It was probably like it's awesome twelve thousand dollars or something. Oh, like okay. That. Yeah, uh, that'll live like a king out there for yeah 12, okay. twelve grand. You can yeah, because I was like I'm trying to think my rent at the time. I got a single flat. It was like the equivalent of 260 US dollars, give or take the the exchange rate. And was it a, like in town? Yeah. Like well, I was in nice um, I was in this like residential. So it's it's split up into Buda and Pest. There's actually three cities that make up Hungary, or what used to be three different cities, but the main ones are Buda and Pest. And uh, Buda is the much more residential side. It's where like the pretty castle is. If you've ever seen like most pictures of Hungary, either have the castle or the parliament building because they're gorgeous. Um, and there's like not a lot of uh, you know, like businesses there. It's, so it's sort of like, it's not quite the suburbs because you're not that far out. It's like Kansas City, Kansas versus <laughs> Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> I think yeah. it is actually. I, I went one time. Do you, get so, a, do you get a roof deck there? It's where everyone lives. No, no roof, deck. roof deck. So, but, uh, yeah. off. <laughs> so I think it was like, it's hard for me to gauge too whether that made it more or less expensive. Like I know it was less expensive than the center downtown, but also I think it might have been more expensive because it was like in this pretty area with like parks and stuff. So... I don't know. And what was your friend, what was your, like, crew, what was your group of friends like? Uh, it was super mixed. I had, you know, there were people that were there studying at this other university that wasn't the one I went to, um, who were American or just, like, other people, but who I met through the Americans that studied there. Uh, there were, there was, like, I had a couple of French friends, I had a bunch of Hungarian friends, um, and it was all very, like, weird friend of a friend how I met most of them, but, like, the base ones I met through uh, more nerd alert, my ultimate frisbee team. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> ultimate frisbee in Hungary is yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah, it's the I'm, Americans bringing. I guess the Americans brought it, right? I'm it? pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Americans from the program I went on like years before me were the ones who introduced it to them. And so then there was this like symbiosis between this one particular. They had like three or four teams in the city, I think, at the time I was there. Uh, but this one team was like had this thing like every year the people who were there before would tell you like oh you should go to this field at this time and you'll meet some hungarians and you can play some frisbee so the hungarians how... played yeah that's oh the... yeah yeah it that's was mostly how... hungarians that's how the wall came down they threw a frisbee over the wall originally <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like, what's this and then that's how you it's such that. had you played before ultimate no. frisbee no i'm a, i'm so awkward and bad at sports it's such a thing <laughs> where like when you're new somewhere and you're sort of by yourself and somebody's like you want to do this activity you've never done before in your yeah. life you're just like yeah okay yeah exactly i'm like oh you mean i get 10 new friends out of this right away yes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i played soccer which i had played like as a kid 
But then I played when I got to China, and literally just for that exact reason. Like, yeah. I don't really know many people. There's a soccer team. I was the worst one on the team. Really? Couldn't yeah. dominate? And- I got most improved twice. Aww. They gave out a most improved Because they had to give it to the worst people. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> yeah. And you're trying to coach my kid's soccer team? And they, Yeah, well, I'd be better than you. Uh, <laughs> he didn't even know that you could, like, on offsides. I don't know. So then oh, it, yeah. it went between me and my friend who was from Boston. And the two of us just they just kept giving it to either one of us every year, most improved. Were you guys like they just like having you around like the token American white guy? Yeah, was we were like British the fun Americans. The they were like, all British yeah. and Central American and South mm-hmm. American. They were yeah, like people say, from like soccer like soccer country, country. Which is everywhere Football. else but here. Football, exactly. Football. You should start a basketball league there. No, we played could, basketball. They wouldn't come out and play. Oh, yeah. They so wanted to turn... stick to their sports. Yeah. Ultimate Frisbee, that would have leveled the field exactly. for everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah nobody's equally... good at all. Like, nobody does Ultimate Frisbee as a kid in school or whatever. Yeah, what exactly. makes a great Ultimate Frisbee player? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What's the skill set? I think so. endurance. There's a lot of running. Yeah. Oh. Um, no. Obviously, you've got to have hand-eye coordination because you're catching this thing. Um, that was not anything I ever really got good at. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not good with None of the skills that I had. Did you know it in? Did you speak Hungarian then? Yeah, I mean, I'm not like I wasn't like crazy fluent, but I could have I could carry on like a bar conversation with somebody. And you knew that based off your six months before being there. Did you speak it growing up or anything? No, just uh, so I learned it. I took this intensive class where we learned for two weeks, and it actually like wow, it was crazy because it is so regular, and there's not a lot of exceptions. There was this moment for me. I remember it was like three or four weeks in, and like I had a couple of friends who got there faster, and some other people who never got there but like everything just clicked and all of a sudden for weeks yeah i was like oh i don't know what that word means but i can figure it out because i understand the structure wow because like it's really it's so all their long words are just made up of a bunch of small words and then we would like play these funny games with each other because you, what you can start with is like oop, you can start with like a noun and then you can add a thing on the end that makes it an adjective but then you can add another thing on the end that makes it an adverb and then you can make another thing on the end that now makes it a verb. And then you can add another thing on the end that like makes it like transitively, uh, you know, another past tense verb. It's like really like you can just start with like one thing if you're like, oh, I know the word for fire, and I know all of these postpositions, which instead of a you know a preposition, it's a postposition. You can figure out the words in front of you. So you can you can like almost guess the vocabulary and pretty much be right. Yeah. So what and would also be an too, example? because they are like super, they're very playful with their language. They will laugh at you and make fun of you if you can't pronounce it. If you pronounce things a little bit wrong, they have no idea what you're saying. Oh, because, that's a lot of languages. Yeah. I think that's the languages that aren't used to other people speaking their language. Mm-hmm. So like if you go to like Mexico and you say something kind of incorrectly, they're like, oh, we know what you they mean. They figured it out. Because yeah. they're so used to idiot Americans yeah. coming down and not knowing what they're talking about. Well, and I think too, there's so many different Spanish dialects and as- uh, accents True. around the world. Yeah. Same thing with English. True. You're right. But Hungarian, yeah. the, there's not a lot of people speaking average Hungarian, right? No. Yeah. And uh, So wait, so what would be an example oh, yeah. of that language thing? Oh, God, I'm trying to think of a good one. Oh, okay. So this this was one that freaked me out at first until I figured out the, the rules. But uh, do you remember that Will Smith movie, Enemy of the State, that came out in like 2000? <laughs> sure. That was one word. The title of that movie in... Uh, Hungarian is one word, and I'm not going to remember the specifics of it, but the building of it started from state of, like, enemy onto the. Okay. Like, that was how, if you literally translated the word into English. I'm trying to think of some other, like, good... So if you those... knew that vocab, yeah, you could just put it together. Yeah, basically, yeah. And, like, things... Back to we... communism days, enemy of the state, I think. Well, that's what I thought. <laughs> I know, I was like, you guys were in such a communist country, they have just a single word for enemy of the state. And then I, I was like, oh, they also have a single word for... 
man who flies near chickens or you know what I mean like so are sentences <laughs> just like two words a lot of times yeah Ooh, also the word order is completely irrelevant except for emphasis so that's the other thing I love that this it's like comedy yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I can say is. anything but if at the end I go ha yeah. everyone will laugh yeah <laughs> so like like what? you can say like uh, I was going to the store you can say store I was going to. You can say store was I going to. Store going to was oh I. God, I store going to I was. I mean, every permutation Those... works, and it's just a difference of whether you're like basically saying like I was going to the store versus I was going to the store versus you know like not. What about when you write it though? Is Same like, thing. But is it like excellent? So you like punctuation that makes it so you know where the emphasis no, is. No, it's still the order. So you can mess uh, it up in any possible way, and it still means the same. Yeah, oh my that's God. amazing. I want to become yeah, a Hungarian writer. Hungarian. Yeah, because <laughs> no one should do it for the pot. Poor grammar anymore. We could yeah. do that in a f- now. I get it. And that you was the other it. thing too of why people could understand you. They'd think it was cute, but it was like you would be saying like if you're trying to get to like uh, like lighter, you might say something like the fire onto the cigarette thing. Oh, and that like that's not really a word, but it's a word. That's a word. Yeah. Fire a single word. Thing. Yeah. It's not like a sentence. No. Because that's how I speak Chinese <laughs> is I just, if I don't know the word, I just describe what I'm talking yeah. about until they're like, eh? And you're, I would, I, I'm sure yeah. I've literally said at certain points the fire onto the stick thing. Yeah. And they've been like, ah. I'm like, you can't do it in here. I don't, there's smoke comes out of it. And they're like, a lighter? Ah, lighter. Yeah. Hungarian was invented during like a stone conversation. They're just like, it's amazing. <laughs> we should learn it for the pod. And then we should go over there and be like those weird, you know, the like hacky foreigner comedian. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and we'll make the Hungarian class we take test tax deductible. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're learning for the pot. Like the uh, Yakov Smirnov, but yeah. of Hungary. Oh, hungry. Yeah. <laughs> the lighter for the floor thing. The airport does not onto with... the plane fly. It onto the airplane flies. <laughs> yeah. Start, I got practice. I'm going to start talking this way in English. And then That's actually later. how they say Yoda speaks in a Hungarian word order. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if that's true Interesting. Or not, but I am going to continue. That sounds like such a fun place. So like in four weeks, you can kind of get by. Yeah. Because that's what makes living in... Other countries like tough is when you're so frustrated. You're like, I can't say anything. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. And that was like too how I was able to start like with my Hungarian friends. I had one Hungarian girlfriend who like on purpose would make me come out for drinks with her other girlfriends who like yeah. I got to know, but basically it was just like we're none of us are speaking English. Just let's see what happens. And I would be able to like not necessarily the subtleties, but I'd be able to follow along to be like, oh, okay, she's talking about a guy that she likes. Oh, and I think he cheated on her. Yep, there's definitely another girl involved in this story. And like I would I would, you know, miss some of the subtleties, but I would know like, oh my god, and then you ran into him with this girl on Thursday and you had just gone out with him on Wednesday. That's pretty good. Yeah. After 4 weeks? No, that was after and there's one you know, 8 9 months. Okay, that's still good. But after after one word for guy I like <laughs> who cheated on me with this other girl. I bet I could I bet I could agglutinate you on. Yeah. Oh. And it, so when uh this is a, a Specific question, but yeah. so if you're in that conversation, yeah, and then there's a bunch of people all talking to each other, and then you can understand certain pieces like that, and then they would ask you like, "What do you think?" Would you pretend like you understood? Oh, everything? nobody asked me what I thought. It oh. was like a weird. I don't know she, why they put up with status. this. Yeah, it was really like weird. Of like, I mean, they would ask me if they had like questions. They're also just like different than us of how they do things. Like they don't say hi, how are you? They don't want to know. They don't even <laughs> want you to say. That's so good. I like that. They don't want you. <laughs> they don't want you to say I'm fine either. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, if they ask you how you are, they they do want to know. Like, my grandma died, and this and that, and the other thing, and my dog, whatever. So they don't believe in small talk. No. They go right to the point. 
Yeah. So did what, your so grandma like, die? There wasn't like just because I was. <laughs> did sit- your grandma die? <laughs> anything else? Anything just else? because I was sitting at the table didn't mean they felt like you know like if you they have people you always to try you. to like yeah, you feel like, like you need like, to involve bring, people yeah. in the conversation. It was like, look, we know we already know this dude. He's my ex boyfriend, and she knows. That I'm not going to explain the whole past to you. Like, I, you'll catch up when you catch up. Yeah. Oh. So okay. what's their greeting? Is no there any greeting? I mean, no, like, it's just hello. Just a casual greeting. Well, there's uh, there are some like funny little old school greetings uh, that if. Like to show great respect, you say to someone, "I kiss you on the hand." Ooh! Um, you don't actually have to kiss them on the hand; you just say it. Okay. And so um, there's a couple of other like more formal greetings, but mostly you're just saying hello, and there's no like, "How are you? How's the weather?" You just get right into oh, it. Oh, hate- yeah, this is great. I hate talking about the weather. Yeah. You're like, hello. <laughs> what are people doing? Elevators. This country's getting better and better for they us. Sit in the elevator. I mean, they, they don't have a lot of elevators. They got a lot of weird old buildings. Oh. You got to walk up the stairs. What <laughs> do they do in elevators? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like also, my dad is in the hospital. My- <laughs> are like this one where it's like barely two people can fit into it because they're like weird old. So it's just like you and your right. shopping cart. You're never gonna be. Talking to some guy from accounting. Got it. Do they have like a word for there's a little person downstairs turning the wheel in the elevator? <laughs> <laughs> is it a word for that? Or? So sure it never is. happened because I would always nod my way through conversations mm-hmm. and be like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. And they would, people would think I understood what they were saying. But then the minute they would be like, so what do you think about that thing we just talked about 10 seconds ago? And I'd be like, uh, I don't know what you're saying. Like it would always. Yeah. I mean, there were definitely times like that where someone would say something and I would answer what I thought they said and everyone would start laughing and I'd be like, what? And they yeah. were like, oh no, we, what did you think? And I would be like, I thought you were talking about bread. And they're like, no, I was talking about my dog. And yeah. I'd be like, oh. Did you yeah. ever agree to, to do stuff that you didn't realize you agreed to? No, but I did. I was definitely one of those foreigners that they taught to say all the dirty words and just got me to repeat not knowing what oh, I was fun. saying at first. <laughs> that that everyone got a good laugh at. Was there a word for, um, you don't have to say what it is if it's uncomfortable, <laughs> but was there a word for like stupid American or terrible, you know what I mean, like a negative oh, word? Oh, yeah. Uh, the Probably the, the closest one was uh, huyafas, which is huyafas. idiot dick. <laughs> That's, That's just for Americans only? <laughs> no, but it was, I mean, that, like, that was the most, like, that was just people you didn't like. Yeah, they didn't have any, like, people American specific, because honestly, there weren't foreign. that many of us. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a word for foreigner, but it just is cool. It's not good or bad. Idiot no, it's dick just, is It's great. just accurate. There was foreign ghost was the one in China. Ooh. That meant, not, it was like, F you, idiot dick. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, now, actually, they probably do. It's gotten really, like, right-wing, neo-Nazi, gross, gross. Oh, so. really? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure they've got some slang for that now. Sure they do. What was it like then, po- it was, politically? It was weird. It was like just in this like transition phase where I'd be talking to people, and they, like some people were literally like, I just want communism to come back because mm-hmm. I had a job, and everyone I knew had a job, and I had an apartment, and I knew how things were, and I knew I had a pension when I was you know retiring, and now it's the Wild West, and nobody knows what's going on. Um, oh, I remember we talked about this one last time, too, and I want to bring it up again. When I was first there, uh, they were bombing shopping malls because they were so against capitalism coming in and i lived near the first shopping mall which is where i had to go to get to an atm that i could take money out of and just sometimes i'd show up and they'd be like oh you can't come in and i'd be like why not and they'd be like bomb scare yeah jeez oh okay they're like come back tomorrow i'm like okay and And what was what would you accomplish by bombing a shopping mall well no one ever did there was never actually a bomb they They just called in bomb scares it was basically just to like express displeasure and to keep people from shopping there so they weren't making money so they would stop building more shopping malls Ugh. but, but doesn't general it's kind of the cry wolf thing though mm-hmm. if you're just gonna keep calling if they're not gonna scares, do it i I'm think gonna... there was like one time there was an actual bomb at one of the malls not mine 
but I mean, I understand the idea out. of because it is tough when communism falls overnight, and then like we were at, I think we said this last time, but at the factory, there's a thousand jobs, and then the next right. day there's a hundred jobs, and then nine hundred people don't have a job. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't seem like the answer is then to get rid of those extra a hundred that are still there. But I guess you do whatever. Well, I think it is, you know, it's the same reason why people voted for Trump because they want to have coal mining jobs again. It's like, man, those coal mining jobs ain't coming back. You got to learn how to program computers. There's no racist, weird guy in a toupee that you can get in there that's going to fix this for you. People don't like, and especially too, given that they were, you know, coming out of this being fed on a diet of, you know, capitalism equals fascism and all these things that they had been taught their whole lives before communism did fall. I think that, you know, to them, it was the entrepreneur that had opened a, sh- a shop in that mall that was the problem. That was the enemy. Yeah. And but nowadays, it also seemed like... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, nowadays, it's like, it shows you the, the 2002, because nowadays it's like to do a bomb scare in a mall seems just mean. Because like, yeah. there, there's no balls. <laughs> there's no malls. There's no retail. <laughs> it's like Malls Am- are sk- bombing I mean, themselves. Yeah, you basically. never... Yeah, there's exactly. not even a threat to capitalism. Capitalism's but, Amazon. Are you going to bomb your laptop? Yeah, like it's, it seems like almost like you're supporting the old ways to shop now. So it's like... Yeah. It's a... Oh, food. I never answered you what the food was yeah, like. Yeah, it was So it's not quite uh, Slavi, but it's like in that neighborhood. There's like a lot of influences. So, it, yeah, goulash is a Hungarian thing, uh, but maybe not the way you think of it, the way we make it here in America. Um, there, And then also chicken paprikash is like a famous Hungarian dish, which is basically just chicken cooked with sour cream and paprika. Amazing. And you put it over these delicious noodle things. Um, they have like stuffed cabbage and stuffed peppers. And, um, but like they don't have like pierogies and stuff. That's like a Polish Ukrainian. Oh. Well, I never yeah. had that till you took me. Ah. Yeah. Where'd you go? Wow. What was the place oh, called? Veselka? Is that where you? Veselka, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Ukrainian, right? Yeah. 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 That's where we went. It's so not... when you were cooking, were you cooking like your art? What kind of food? Um, I would Taco usually night. do. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that was one thing is like beef was not common. Um, there was pork and chicken in abundance, but there was, you really didn't get beef and, they didn't really have hamburgers. No wow. Yeah. Like, it was re- like there was one place that was this Tex-Mex place. Nice. That was, like, the only place you'd get a real hamburger in town, and it was crazy expensive. Sure. Um, I love the idea, because I actually was just in Spain, and I saw this, too, where it's, like, Tex-Mex barbecue. Yeah. It's just weird to me to, like, it's one thing to have, like, American, like, chains, like Burger King or whatever, but then you just see a place, and it's just, like, American food. Yeah. And you're brought it's jarred. Because no matter where you are, there's going to be, like, some amount of expats who live there who are on either go once a month, and they, they're, like, I'll pay whatever. Yeah. Or they're on some rich package. They work for some multinational yeah. or something. That would be our thing. Is like it would be like every couple of months when we were all just like, I just need a hamburger. Let's make this our big night out. We're gonna go there and have the expensive margaritas and the crazy expensive burger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would make so I would make mostly Hungarian food because that's you know what was in the cool. in the store. I would go. I'd get chicken. I mean, also just universal stuff. Like I'd go get chicken at the butcher. And I just make, you know, chicken breast. That's fine. You, that's not anything. And were the bars, like, what I'm picturing is, like, like the Eastern European discos. <laughs> like, <laughs> where, like, every, when I went with, my brother was living in Bulgaria, and I went to visit him in 2002, actually. Yeah. And that's where he took me out to. He's yeah. like, we're going to this place and this place. And he was, like, the king of every disco. Yeah. Oh. And the one Hungarian guy I, go, I know in New York. Everyone Att- had, Attila, like, shout out. Oh, really? Attila! Bar. He, uh, I can see him being into the scene, Everyone too. Everyone had, so. like, the big collars yeah. on the, the shirts. <laughs> the big, oh, no. Big, I mean, 
I'm sure they had those. I just didn't go to those. And the um, music's like, mm, mm, there'd be like big mm. fights and everyone was blasting. Oh, drunk. no. You know, actually, Tight there weren't too stuff. many of those. Really? Like, yeah. Like, there were some places. This was the best, too. It's so crazy because this is, I'm sure it's not like this anymore. But this was like 15 years ago. Uh, there was uh, one place that would have hip hop night, like, once a week, but they called it African Night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just oh straight up <laughs> African Night. Um, and there were like, and it wasn't like reggae or so. it was like, or no, it was no, it was it was not tribal music. There was no, it was it was just regular American hip hop, oh. and also a lot of European hip hop. Oh my god, they had these Hungarian rapper rappers yes. that were like just all. Of course, they're all white. They're all white, sure. and it was like, and also well. German. Germany had a bunch of rap stars at the time, uh, by which I mean only famous in Europe. Yeah, um, yeah right. Were they any but, good? Some of them were. I mean, I don't know. I can't. I can't really say whether I enjoyed them or I enjoyed them ironically. Right. Sure. Uh, I really enjoyed them ironically. <laughs> I feel like it's weird hearing hip hop in a different language sometimes because yeah. I don't know what Hungarian sounds like, but some it can just be like wish, 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 wish. Well, that's the other thing too that we were that like. Rhyme? This I don't know. Like, my friend Kalen and I used to talk about it because yes. he was obsessed with this one uh, Hungarian hip hop artist or rapper, I don't know whatever you'd exactly categorize it, uh, Gangsta Zoli Asia Cartel. <laughs> nice! <laughs> Zoli, yeah. We gotta get him on the pod. Yeah, huge listener. So, uh, he's gotta be like 50 now. That find I'm a song about for it. the closing credits. Here. <laughs> I'll Somewhere. find it. I'll find it. And uh, But then we were like, wait, this is cheating because because they can put all these things on the end of every word. It's very oh, easy it's to rhyme. You're right. You're right. Oh. You, can say you can rhyme anything with anything all yeah. the time. Yeah, it's like my count. kids, they like sing, they like make up their own songs and they can rhyme anything because they're not saying real words. Yeah, exactly. They're not a prisoner to the language. Yeah, they no. don't really, yeah, that's so we felt like that was cheating. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah I mean, there were bit. definitely a couple of kind of disco-y places. But like me and my friends used to go more to. They did have dance clubs, but they weren't douchey. Yeah. Um, and also, oh, it was my like, brother would have been out. <laughs> he was all about the douchey <laughs> dance clubs. Really? Wow. Yeah. And they were like very mixed age. That was the other interesting thing. Is like it was not weird for there to be sixteen-year-olds and forty-five-year-olds at the same bar, right. well, and nobody being like one of you is wrong. Well, the yeah. consent laws were a little different in the old. I mean, no, seriously, <laughs> in the old country, <laughs> in our current day. I don't know. Six, yeah. But a lot yeah. of the places that we would go would be just like bars, and they were like cool. They, you know, in buildings that had been there for two hundred or five hundred years or oh, whatever. That's cool. They were like you'd go down stairs and they were like weird windy nooks and just like there were two kinds of beer on tap oh my god there was this place uh oh god i'm forgetting what it's called but it was just they literally had two kinds of beer on tap that was it and then occasionally someone in the back would cook hot sandwiches that was literally just what they were called hot sandwiches <laughs> that, awesome. that were actually open-faced uh it was a piece of bread with like uh, a schnitzel of pork i'm out and <laughs> <laughs> no pork i'm no. still in i'm okay. still in all right. So, and when the Jewish get it, they have their own club with a, <laughs> a schnitzel. Oh, Wickman's. It was yeah. called Wickman's. And right, uh, they, and like, there'd be a little bit of like, I don't know if it was, I can't remember if it was like cheese or peppers or sometimes they'd be done up a little bit differently. But that was it. That was the whole, the whole pub. And there was just that's like awesome. six tables and that was it. That was your whole pub. So that's what I'm talking about when you like living abroad, it can get addictive. It's like, or like an adventure where you're like, ooh, yeah. we're going to go find this really cool place yeah. in the bottom of somewhere that has sandwiches. As opposed to like just another strip mall, uh, yeah. like whatever. And, you know, the communists had Jukebox. one thing right. You only need two kinds of beer. You don't need like all these choices. That's it. This is, yeah. this is all you beer. Got. Oh, and that was the other cool thing they had at the time. And they, now they've become a little bit more like the TGI Fridays of the thing that they are, but ruin bars, which was that because of the weird changeover of communism to capitalism and ownership of different buildings and versus like the flats inside the building, 
and stuff like that, that there were just like these big old apartment blocks that would be vacant. And so bars would just set up shop like in there and like warehouse. in the courtyard. Like a pop-up. Yeah, yeah like a pop-up, <laughs> basically. And at first it was like this really cool thing of like you'd have to find out and someone would tell you. And then they started like being known and that actually was like a tourist destination. Right. It was like underground, but everyone knew the secret. Yeah. Kind of and then like now I think most cool. of them, you know, capitalism has displaced them. Yeah. There's like a couple Tons that are- of bling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple that are still there that are not, they're le- completely legally there. They just, you know, okay. still have the name. We got to go to Hungry Cap. Dude, Capitalism's it's ruined great. everything. This is sounding awesome. When's the next, what's the next Hungry? The next country? The next oh, country. Oh, well, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, probably Bulgaria or Romania or, or something Romania. like that because they were like still a little bit behind the times when I was oh, there. Shots fired. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the only people I'm racist against are Romanians. <laughs> you have to have one. Yeah. What's wrong with them? Uh, Hungarians just don't like them. Are they right next to each other? Yeah. That's and, every country. That's and, the thing you learn when you travel. Is that it's like people, it's like normal to like just hate somebody. Yeah. It, it's like normal America, to hate who's ever right next to you. Yeah. Right. This is right. a new thing in America, but like apparently that's just, that's yeah, exactly. just old. Uh, old but old yeah, in Romania, got some of Hungary's land after World War One. Those bastards. Yeah. You got to rectify that situation. No matter where you go, they always hate whatever's. Yeah, totally. Just, it's, it's too, not enough space. Yeah. Yeah, especially in Europe because of that. It's just like, I mean, the fact that like, Croats and Serbs hate each other. I'm like, you're the same. You just you dif- you use different letters. That's all. Yeah, we're gonna get a lot of hate mail for yeah. that. Oh, exactly. yeah. <laughs> They're gonna be like, you're an. Why did you have the ignorant American on the show? Exactly. I am, by the way, Team Croatia in soccer right now. Oh, oh even worse. More hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> all of our Serb listeners. The Serbs can suck it. Argent- oh no. Argentinian listeners. We're getting pulled like, off yeah. iTunes. <laughs> so they have a good team though. Like, and they, yeah. when you came back. What was it like? Was it a weird transition coming back to the U.S.? I guess you were gone for maybe a year and a half. Yeah, or so, I wasn't right? gone that long. Yeah, um, it was a little bit weird. Like there were some things I'd missed. Did it, you go straight to L.A.? No, no, no. Okay, I, I was, I was living in, in New England for a little. Oh, while, okay. Um, first and but yeah, like I uh, <laughs> I actually asked one of my friends. I was like. Whatever happened to Julia Roberts? And they're like, "What are you talking about?" She's had like three movies this year. I was like, "Oh, they didn't make it to Hungary." Oh yeah, that was a big thing. <laughs> I had missed. I had missed out on the Matrix, which all my friends were talking about. Oh, the wow. first Matrix, and they were like, "You've got to watch this movie." I can't. And right. they were actually good. This is before Facebook. So right. This is before things were viral you. and stuff. And you were yeah. seeing it on. They were just like, "I can't tell you anything. You're going to have to watch it. Rent it as soon as it comes out on video." But Go it was to just... Blockbuster. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Blockbuster yeah. was still a thing. Uh, yeah, you were gone pre-Facebook, pre... Yeah. So you were actually, like, when you're gone at that time, you're gone. Yeah, literally, like, the con- like I had... Uh, I mean, there was Gmail at the time. Yeah. And, and all that stuff, and, like, AOL chat rooms and shit. But I had dial-up internet in my apartment that I had to buy by the, like... I had to go to the gas station and buy a card for that allowed minutes? me... <laughs> for what? Like, minutes, you mean? Like for Yeah, a, okay. it wasn't, like... I, it, I can't remember exactly how it translated. It wasn't, like, minutes per se, but something. Anyway. Right. You couldn't really only like download very short songs. You yeah, exactly. You sitting there on your and, Napster. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I would, like, keep up with... And also, I could use that card to make international phone calls at, like, a cheap rate. So, like, yeah, I'd, like, talk to my mom, like, once a week. I would talk to a couple of my friends. Uh, and towards the end, my boyfriend at the time, who was in America, which is also part of the reason I came back. Uh, but the... Yeah, like it would be like every couple of days, my friends and I that would email each other of like what was going on in our lives, and that was that was it. Were you dating at all in Hungary? Uh, yeah. How was that? Um, it's weird. So it was not. They're very. I don't know if this is still true, but they were very like traditional. First of all, every man learned to dance in school. 
Like <laughs> that's pretty good. Like not Jeez, not man. shitty, right, you know, right. American white boy dancing. Yeah. Like actual <laughs> like like put your hands around each other and I'm gonna do steps dancing. Really? Steps. Yeah. Which that was should be required. That was more useful though, than the calculus. first time. First <laughs> I was at a party where someone was like, "Come dance with me," and like then they were like throwing me around. I was like, "I don't know any of these moves. What's happening?" Yeah, it was crazy. They're training their men though to go out into the world yeah. and just be ro- romantic. We took. <laughs> I, did you got? We had square dancing. In the fourth grade, yeah, me too. Actually, we had Pioneer Day. I took I took dance in college in senior year when you just fuck around. I was like, this will be great place to meet girls. But then I would just get drunk every week. (laughs) I couldn't really remember the guy. The guy actually, and he was really serious about the teacher. I forget his name, but he gave us a test, like a pop quiz one day, and then he was like, threw a bunch of us out of the class who like failed it. Wow. Like spot. He was like, he was like, came in like, you, got, you like, failed dancing? I didn't fail it because he gave us a second chance. It was like a, a correct course thing, and he didn't ca- you got double but I did fail. At one point, I almost got kicked out of the dance class. <laughs> so that's that's where my dance skills are. Ready. Yeah, yeah, we had square dancing, which wasn't applicable to the rest of life, unless no. you're like a pioneerman in the <laughs> Wild West. Yeah. But yeah, I, that's, part- so this is almost like ballroom dancing they would yeah, do? Yeah, that's I mean, it was, it was yeah. more like. So uh, smart. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it was somewhere in between, I would say, ballroom dancing and more like a, like, almost, not square dancing, but, you know, some kind of a traditional ethnic dance. dance. I feel like that and basic money management and maybe the stock market are things that they should be teaching and in school. And bartending course. And bartending. Bartending, yeah. To kids that they don't teach at all. We spend all this time on, like, uh, where's the new planet? Or yeah. now that gambling <laughs> is legal, they should teach them a few things about odds. And You're yeah, right. Few, yep. Yeah. All this, yeah, this, this calculus. Wow. Talking. So when you say it was traditional to dating, what does that mean? Well, I mean, like it was very. Uh, it's interesting because even in the U.S., I mean, now things are just so homogenous because of like Facebook and everything like that. around the world. Yeah. But when I, you know, like when I was in my 20s, because I lived in Boston, I lived in Hungary, I lived in Providence, and I lived in L.A. Like, each city had a very different style of dating to it. Interesting. And, uh, like, Boston was also very traditional in the sense of, like, there wasn't a lot of hooking up. And it was very much like you'd go on a couple of dates with someone and you'd have to decide real quick, like, are we in this or are we not going to see each other ever again? Really? Yeah. Whereas in L.A., you would casually date someone for three years. And like now. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And maybe well, that's just because there's traffic. It's, you can't see each other too often. Your wife, exactly. Cabell's wife's from Boston, right? She is. We were very traditional. <laughs> <laughs> but so in Hungary, I felt like it was very much the same way that like you would go out on dates, and and people would you were know they like, chaperoned. Is it no. that traditional? <laughs> it wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> right. But also like people did get very serious. Like you would either date someone a couple of times and get rid of them, or you would get serious with them. Like, like dinner all... and a movie dates, or like yeah, like, like actual wow. go out dates, not right. like Netflix and chill dates. Right. Well, like, oh, okay. Like legitimate. Like there will be an acti- There will be a start time to this. There will be an activity, and there will be an end time to this. Mm. Um, but also too, like I <laughs> like time. I'm okay with everything except the end time. Yeah, well, that seems you leave that open ended. Yeah, it puts a clock on it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, yeah. I ended up like dating other like people passing through who were expats or, or whatever, something like that. So it wasn't always uh, yeah. just Hungarian guys because I kind of like couldn't really tune into it very well. And if you're dating, if you're on a date with a Hungarian guy, would you be speaking Hungarian? Yeah. Yeah. Or both. Sometimes they wanted. They were like. Sometimes it was that like give and take of like they're trying to learn English. So if you speak English to them, that helps them, and they want to, you know, you're sure. not being selfish. Like speak my language. They're like, I want to learn. That's good because no matter how bad the date is, at least you're getting some like yeah, language exactly. exchange. Practical. Yeah. You got to go on lots. They say like go on lots of dates if you're to get free meals. Back when people used to do that, just go on lots of dates to practice your language. Yeah. So that's good. There's your tip. And do they want you to meet their family? No. I mean, I never got that on far the first date got like, with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the mom and dad just come on. Well, the you date. said the family's very close, so I don't. Yeah. I remember I went on a date with somebody when I was like 22, when I first got to China, and this girl uh, brought her sister. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, no, 
<laughs> Threesome, maybe. I don't and then she, I, no, no, I think she just wanted a free meal for her sister. All oh, right, right. And rich American guys I was like, too, I didn't know what I was doing. I was flummoxed. I was too yeah. polite. So I just did. I just bought them both dinner. You should be like, you're going to share that? I mean, like, yeah, I, yeah. What and else then would I you just do? left. And I was like, all right, see you later. Oh and then that was it. And then I went home and I was like, what did I do? Like I think I was home by like 9.30 and my roommate was like, what are you doing home already? It's like, she brought her sister. I, he's like, what do you do then? I'm like, I bought them both dinner. He's you like, you're an idiot. You should have invited your roommate out. Yeah. And you had a double I think date. we did. No, I think, I think oh, that would have been a good yeah. idea. I think my roommate and I just went back out. Right. I was like, in my head, I was like, I want to get this over as quick as possible because it was my Friday night. Right. We were oh. in your 20s. Like, you're not going to waste your Friday night a big on, a, on a, a, doozy, a doozy of a date. Doozy of a date. You know? So I doubled back and we went back out and had fun. And so, okay, yeah, so then you went to L.A., and then now, uh, and you were in L.A., here. you started a comedy blog, right? Yeah, yeah, because that was, uh, I got into comedy, I'd always liked comedy, but it never occurred to me that that was, like, an option for me. Like, I to just- be a comedian. Yeah, or to somehow be involved in comedy and entertainment, because it's like, I studied math, I'm a computer programmer, and then I, I moved into, like, other sides of the business, but it was, like, very much, like- you paid a lot of money to go to a nice school and this is your job and it has health insurance and this is what you should be doing for the rest of your life. Sure. You know, you're an audience member. You're not an entertainer. Let them do their thing. Uh, but I got sucked into, there's this whole roundabout way I got sucked into the comedy store and it's actually a bunch of weird coincidences that like if I believed in fate, I would be like, oh, that was fate happening right there. But, um, and so then I kind of got sucked into that and I, because I am Puritan from New England, I was like, oh, I can't uh, just enjoy this. I need to turn it into a job. <laughs> and since I had these tech skills, and at the time, Bad Slava was like the only comedy website in LA, I, which okay. basically just lists open mics. Okay. Um, I was like, oh, here's a niche that's not being filled right now. I'll do that. How did you get into the comedy store when you say you got sucked in? Oh, it was such a weird... I mean, first of all, the place is wonderful and evil, and it will either suck you in or spit you out. It's like such a strange like attractor repeller of of a of a place. And the comedy store for our audience who doesn't know is like the comedy club in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. It was started by Mitzi Shore, Polly Shore's mom yeah. in the I don't know sixties or something, seventies. Uh God, this is like the fortieth, forty third year. So, okay. Yeah. And it has like this crazy history. Richard Pryor, basically everyone for yeah. the past forty years has been through there and it's like this huge Iconic place. Yeah. And so you got involved. Mm -hmm. Although at the time, it was like kind of at a low level. It was just like yeah. after the last comedy boom, before this one really got going, it was just kind of like this weird, dark place that like still was really adamant about, uh, you know, like the art and the craft of it, but not so adamant about marketing and getting crowds. I in. went there not even that long ago, maybe five, six years ago, yeah. and it was dead. Yep. And it was, but people from our podcast, uh, Jimmy Schubert, yeah. Ari Shafir. Steve Simone, mm -hmm. uh, they've all, that's kind of their yeah, place. Yeah, that's when I met Ari and, and Steve, actually. Okay. It was around that time. All those guys started there. Yeah. And actually, I think all of them worked the door there at different yep. times. They all did. Yeah. <laughs> and so Jimmy took me there, and I kind of hung out, and that's where I met Steve. Um, and then, so you were in at that time, when it was just yeah. kind of like, honestly, it felt like abandoned when I was there. Yeah, it was really wild. It was really Wild West. Like, very uh, inmates running the asylum, because also Mitzi was sick by this time. Um, and so she wasn't really hands-on with anything anymore, and it was kind of warring factions against each other. So, you know, the ship would go a little bit one way, and then it would go a little bit another way, and, like, there was nobody really obviously in charge, so it was kind of just going back and forth and not moving forward in any way. But it was also, I mean, it was, like, an amazing and wonderful time because, like, all those people you just mentioned were there. 
uh, Sam Tripoli, I remember at the time, but also a really young Sebastian Maniscalco and a really young Cristalia and a really young Whitney Cummings and Natasha Legero. And like you were, I was watching these people, you know, who were at that time, maybe only like five or eight years in who are now, you know, huge and just watching them work. And then also at the same time, they're so welcoming. Welcoming is the wrong word. Uh, they are interested in developing younger comics. So there's this like young batch of comics who now are like making a name for themselves in different places, uh, like Benji Flalo and Tony Hinchcliffe, who like kind of did have the run of the place. They were also like phone guys and door guys, but they also performed there. And just like, it was such a insane asylum and it was so much fun. And it was just like, it was really seductive, the whole thing. And also it was very, because it was a ghost town, it was very accessible. Like there wasn't, now if you try to go there, it's going to be sold out. You can't get tickets. There's seven security guards with earpieces to keep you from wandering about. At that point, it was literally just like, after a certain time, nobody was taking a cover. After I'd been there a couple of times, everyone knew me, and nobody ever charged me anything for anything, ever. And you went there just as, by the way, this is very similar to, I think we can draw a straight line to Hungary in this sense, <laughs> that when stuff goes down, that's the time to like... When I was saying probably businesses were coming. The wall in. had fallen. Do you know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, we didn't know. We were waiting because we actually, the whole time, almost the whole time I was there until towards the very end when things really started clearly, not actually it wasn't even that clear when I left that it was on an upswing. It was on a potential upswing, which turned out to be amazing for it. But like at the time it was, you know, everyone was like, oh, ne like there would be rumors every month of like, oh, Peter Shore is just going to close the place down and sell it to a hotel chain because it's, the land, I mean, the land is right on Sunset Strip and they own it. And like, it's so valuable. And there would be, or there would be like, oh, this thing got contested in the will and now the place is going to shut. You know, like there was just, we constantly thought it was going to die. And there yeah. was like all these different sort of, again, very grassrootsy ground up. Um, the guy who did marketing before me had uh, different ideas as well of just like ways to try to get people to come in and to make it. But it just, yeah, it could have gone. It, I didn't know. It wasn't the time. This was not the point when the businesses Before were coming the in. Time. Yeah, 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 this was the point when it was just like, okay, this Who is knows? a place. Like the improv was dominating it. Laugh Factory was dominating oh, it. Yeah. Like, completely. Is that like the Dane Cook era? Yeah, Laugh Factory. Yeah, that was during the Dane Cook. Yeah. Right around, right after the Dane Cook era, the yeah. the main thrust of it. And so, how did you get in? Who you just got to know comics, or you were a fan, or what? Uh, there was it, it's so nerdy. So the Sunset Strip was kind of like dying at the time. Overall, you know, there's all these historic music venues like Viper Room and Roxy Theater and all that jazz, Whiskey a Go Go, and they were not cool anymore because everyone was going to places on the east side. Right, touristy the Sunset. Or yeah, yeah, it was basically just like yeah, come see where what's where his Phoenix face? died. Yeah, exactly. I did that. <laughs> first time I went to LA and like first Whiskey A Go Go at that point I don't know if this is still true was just almost 100% bringer shows but for musicians yep um, I, I actually went, I went to, to those too I went to one friend. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend who had one <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah. so um, and there were like other businesses there like there was still a Tower Records at the time and all this stuff there and was. they had all banded together including the comedy store in this business association to work on co-marketing and one of the things that was really big at the time was Twitter and I was interested in Twitter for my own purposes for marketing. And also I just lived in the neighborhood. So I was like, oh, let me see what these guys are doing. So they would do these things called tweet crawls where all these different businesses all along the Sunset Strip from one end to the other would be offering either freebies or a sample or you just go there and they'd have a pop-up bar at the eyeglasses store 
It was like that. And the whole point was just for you. You had to tweet about being there. Like you were providing. Wow. A, wow. You were providing free advertising in exchange for free goods and beer. And scrolls. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. So uh, the first stop was at, on one of these was at the comedy store. And they made these two guys, these poor guys, do comedy at 4.30 in the afternoon while it's still light out for us bozos. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I actually enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> and then one of the comics, Justin Martindale, who's now like a commentator on E!, it was on the bar crawl with us. And me and my friend Jen made friends with him and this other comic, Nick Youssef. And then I think they were both performing later that night. And they were like, you should come back at the end and come back. I don't kind of remember the end of that because, like, I did go. B- I remember I went back and saw Justin, but also wasted at that point. Yeah. Um, and then I'd had these other – I had a couple of other weird coincidences of people who worked there or something like that that I knew through other ways. And so I just, like, we went back another time. And it was. It was just like weirdly addictive. This inmates running the asylum, but also these people who cared so much about this art that they were doing, even though there were only eleven people in the audience. Yeah. And like that, I don't know. Just after like the second time, we got introduced to this guy Don Barris, who's sort of like the godfather of the store, and he liked us and took us under his wing. And he was always there closing out the show at the end of the night with this uh, band that he had, which was this whole like crazy improv music comedy thing that it's so insane to me sometimes that it's on, it's only happening at like 2.30 in the morning for the 11 people that are left when it's like, this is, like if you've ever seen Windy City Heat, it's it's in that vein. Um, yeah, is he in that? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. And uh, so, yeah, it just, and then it, it became one of those things where, you know, you know how we all are, like we can't believe anyone gives a shit about what we're doing. Yeah. And nobody's ever nice or helpful. Yes. Everyone's shitty. So if you're a little bit exactly. nice and helpful, if you care a little bit, you know, like one person introduces you to two people and those people introduce you to five people. And then all of a sudden I just you're just in. knew everybody. That's a yeah. Tip yeah. Out there. Be a little bit nice, people. That's it. Be a little bit helpful. Yep. Right. Now you live in the, um, be remiss if I don't mention, you live in the high, fastest growing neighborhood in all of America. That is true. I do. <laughs> Long Island is City, baby. Really f- yeah, she lives in Long Island yeah, City. Yeah, it, is. Which it was is just voted, like, yeah. It voted. It was just like the demogra- the census. Or I don't know where, where, where did the number yeah. from. I don't know where it came from. That but seems it like is. a vote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're the number one. And, uh, you yeah, it probably is data. <laughs> yeah. How, how's it going? I've uh, run into you, but. Uh, pretty good. I know, it is funny. I was thinking about it, too. I think, so we talked about last time how the stupid, I live right on the street with the cop shop. And they take up all of the stupid parking spaces. And yeah, she lives parks. on the street where, like, explain to the audience, where, like, it, there's a police station, and then it seems like they bring every car that's ever been in a car wreck. <laughs> like, they bring it outside your, your your apartment, and it looks like, it's almost like a scared straight thing for, yeah. for t- drunk for drivers or something. Yeah, because it's, like, not just, like, a minor dink. It's, like, the cars that have been demolished, and yeah. there's no, like, explanation of the story. Yeah. You just, like, get off the subway, and you see them, and yeah, well, I walk right by, there, and, and like, like, I wonder what, what happened. You fill in your own story, but that's, that's where you I know. Living. I always wonder. I'm like, if this was evidence, it's got to be at the impound <laughs> lot. Why is it here? But also, are you just tra- – none of us are driving. We're getting on the subway over there. Yeah. Why, why is this happening? That's the spot they chose a long time ago, so. And now you're at New York Comedy Club, which we mentioned at the beginning. What do yeah. you guys have – before we get to the news, do you guys have anything coming up? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we always have things coming up. We have amazing shows seven days a week. Um the cool thing that we, the really big thing we have coming up is our second location will be opening on 4th Street uh, sometime between the third week in July and like middle of August, I cool. think. Cool. 4th and? 4th uh, and 20th. All right. So s- get there now. I mean, sorry. 4th and 2nd. 3rd week of July. Camp out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of those dates, it'll be there. No, you don't have to camp out. It's going to be a big room. We'll have lots of seats. Uh, okay. I mean, hopefully we'll start selling out tickets. Yeah. But at first, you should have no trouble. Uh, come by if you're in the neighborhood. Yeah, I'm hoping we'll be open by the end of July, but 
I it's feel like with contractors in New York City, City and the stuff. The city, yeah. The permits and let's, all that, right? Let's the, assume middle of August. Those communist uh, bureaucrats. And yeah, exactly. exactly. Although we should say nice things about them since it's not over yet. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the commies, <laughs> commie bureaucrats. All right, let's get release. to the news. Bring on the music. Bring on the music. Back. First news story of the week, Kaplan. This comes to us from the New York Post. Yeah, local. One of your favorites. Glamping is coming to Governor's Island this summer. The six-acre campground or conveniently friendly overnight lodging retreat overlooks the New York skyline and will accommodate up to 100 people. On-site campers can enjoy live music and wellness activities. Rates for the luxury tents begin at $175 a night. For a queen bed with a two-night minimum stay. And it says outdoor enthusiasts can book a spot online now. So, okay. First of all, I think if you're an outdoor enthusiast, you're probably not going to pay $175 a night. To go to Governor's Island? To go camping at a luxury. The whole concept of glamping doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, I was in Tulum, Mexico last year, and it was like everyone you'd meet who was like youngish was like, they'd be like, look down on you if you said you stayed at a hotel. They're like, oh, we're glamping. <laughs> like, what? Wait, it's like a like street cred. It's like street cred. Like they think they get like a they get a cookie because they're like roughing it, but they're they're saying they were glamping. They're not camping. <laughs> they're like in a luxury. Do you like, know what that a, means? Yeah, it's almost like a new hostel. It's like Glamorous. an outdoor hostel. That's these, exactly what it yeah. is. It's but totally it's way an more expensive than a hostel. Right, yeah. and they have Wi-Fi in Mexico. You still have Wi-Fi. Yeah. You have all these things. So yeah, it's way yeah. There says here that pricier tents climbing to the thousands per night. So I don't know what the allure is. What is the allure? I don't is this know. Like anytime or just during like the music festival that just happened? No, well, no. This is at, at Governor's Island, which is not. Oh, not Governor's Ball. Sorry, that's Governor's Ball. The very yep. easy mistake you can make. That's at the other. Because Governor's Ball and music festival is at Rand. I went to Governor's Ball and almost got on the wrong ferry. I was Ooh, in the wrong line. Yeah, because I made like, that same mistake. Yeah, you exactly. just assume Governor's, Governor's, Governor's Ball is like Governor's Island. Ball. Yep. Nope. So yeah. for our listeners outside of New York, Governor's Island is an island in the. It's like the east. It's where the East River and the Hudson River kind of come together. It, just, just below. Nobody lives Manhattan. there. No one lives yeah, it's there. Yeah, it's a big park. It's like they used to be a military thing. Yeah, or it was. Cause I was there a couple weekends. It's ago. where if you oh, listen to the podcast, old listeners know I they have a playground there, like a. Um, oh, they had a dumpster playground. They have a dumpster playground. Where I took my five year old, oh. which is like it's like you play with like axes and and two by fours and the kids. No adults are allowed in. You got to let the kids figure it out. It's very free range parenting. <laughs> so I wonder. So if it I, is. It would be like the purge for children. <laughs> it's awesome. You have to, do you have to pay? No, you don't. Have to, oh, they accept like volunteer, and they really guilt you. Donations. So you sit there, and if you stand there, watch you watch in the bucket, and you got to get money. Yeah, but and you sign a waiver. I didn't read it, so God knows what I signed my way. But it's it's it's, it's exciting. But I yeah. would just say if you're gonna go camping, go camping. If you're gonna stay in a hotel, stay in a hotel. But camping, and then they also say it's like an environ, uh, it's environmentally friendly overnight lodging retreat. Unlike, isn't normal camping environmentally friendly? Probably well, they're saying more, more environmentally so, friendly. Right? They're saying more environmentally friendly than a hotel is what they're basically saying. Really? Is it? Essentially, this is basically, I went to a Jewish overnight camp, the pretty, like, uh, <laughs> jappy one, as I'll say, and when we would do our sleep, our outdoor, like, camping things, this was in, like, 1989, like, 90, whatever, that was glamping then. Like, they would have, they had, like, boards. <laughs> You're the original glamping. The original glamping is summer camp, Jewish summer camp, because they had, like, boards that the tents would go on. You weren't on the ground. 
the tents were like not on like the so like because the girls would complain if it was rocky or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, so and we had like we had like a barbecue, but like I felt like the food was like pre-made, yeah. and then they just like stick it on the grill. Like it wasn't like. So that's, that's so. I went to Boy Scout camp in yeah. Northern California, like knives and, and one of our merit badges was Wilderness Survival. Me and my friend Danity Piazza Shout had out. to hike. You had to hike a minimum of a mile out into the woods, and it was honor system. You just had yeah. to. Well, yeah, minimum. How do you count? You just like I don't know. Yeah, we didn't have GPS back then. <laughs> no, how it was did like, you know? You had to Were count you your like, steps the yeah. old school way, uh, pre iPhone. For ten yeah. minutes, yeah. must be. Yeah. And then we go out into the woods, and then you don't get a tent. You just have to build a structure out of whatever's in the woods around you. Um, and so you just had to pick up sticks. Basically, you just slept on the ground. Yeah. A pill. And yeah. then, yeah, and you had to, like, put sticks above you in case it rained, even though sticks aren't going to protect you. We slept on a poison oak hive no. <laughs> or whatever you call it, a bush. Yeah, we both got insane poison oh. oak. They still gave us a merit badge. I hope you paid less than $175 a night for that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we I paid zero. Yeah. And technically, we probably shouldn't have gotten the merit badge because we pretty much failed. Yeah. But um, I would say that's real. I guess that's real camping. I don't know. I might have to go glamping this summer. I just, uh, here's like what a... I don't get is if it's not, the first time I heard about glamping was in relation to Bonnaroo, which made sense to me because it was like, oh, I'd like to go to Bonnaroo. I don't fucking want to camp at all. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. So if Drone you want to give me a nice tent that's got a, like a sort of real shower nearby and the Wi-Fi and it's got air conditioning somehow. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the ones that, the luxury ones at Bonnaroo have air conditioning, that's which amazing. I was like, sign That's not environmentally friendly. No, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, like, that makes sense. Otherwise, though, like, yeah, why? I don't like camping, so why am I going to do pseudo camping for $175 yeah. a night? And if you like camping... You're not gonna do this. I don't. You're get not gonna, it. and it's in the middle of New York City. There's yeah. hotels yes. everywhere. And I love the Bonnaroo. Just go thing. home. Because my mom, I know she went to Woodstock. Yeah. But like she stayed in a hotel because she was not gonna like. Your mom went to Woodstock and stayed. <laughs> yeah. In a her hotel? mom made her like <laughs> in a hotel room. That's the most <laughs> Kaplan like thing ever. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Shower. I mean, animals. That's so, great. I feel like yeah. I love yeah. the music festivals now. There's camping, glamping. Next story comes to us from Grub Street. All right. That's a the blood. plastic straw. Apocalypse. I don't think that's a word, but they try to make it. It's one. like Hungarian. They just make a word out of it. <laughs> the plastic <laughs> things together. <laughs> the plastic straw apocalypse is coming. What will it mean for boba? Okay, Who's so in, boba? Ta- in Taiwan, I think that's bubble tea. Oh, okay. I don't know why. Uh, in America, it's called boba. In, in Asia, it's just called bubble tea. But uh, no, yeah, I always just hear bubble tea. You know what bubble tea? Is. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I know what that is. I've never heard it called. I actually, boba. Don't I don't know. When I came back, people were like, "Oh, you lived in China. Do you like boba?" I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I, that's how I found out. But in Taiwan, plastic straws will be gone by 2020, this says. Plastic straws end up in our waterways, choking wildlife, mixing with our food supply. And Taiwan's ban is the clearest sign uh, of the impending strapocalypse. I love that word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the bo- boba vendors all over around the world are watching to see how it plays out. So first of all, I want to bring this up because I was at New York Comedy Club the other night. Whoa. And I was told you guys are not doing straws. Or you, you're trying to... Get rid of straws? Is that correct? Who told you that? No. Uh, <laughs> wait, Rachel, Rachel. Sorry, Rachel. To- no, because this is what Rachel said. Rachel said okay. she goes, "Oh, because I want. I think I got like a gin and tonic." And she's like, "You don't need a straw." She's like, "You're a man. You don't need a straw, do you?" And I was like, "No," which I really don't. I was yeah. like, "No, no, no. I don't need a straw." She's like, "Okay, good. It's bad for the environment." And no, that's just Rachel. That's not a company yeah, policy. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh. That's just Rachel giving you shit. She wanted oh. Although it's funny because Justin Silver has mentioned this, uh, who's a comic, uh, a bunch of times to me as well as to Christina, our head server. And it's so funny because Christina just got fights. He was like, don't you tell me what I can and cannot do with my straws at my business. People want to drink out of straws. They don't want the ice cubes touching their stupid teeth. And this is how we serve things. Yeah. Like, uh, you know. Well, I it she should be questioning. I feel bad. I mean, like I genuinely, age. I know I do feel bad, like knowing what it do, like you know, but also we use plastic 
bags every day at the grocery. New York yeah. won't get rid of the stupid plastic bags. Nobody sells reusable bags in any store here, anywhere. Like I try to use them and cashiers look at me like there's something wrong with me. And I'm like, what are you doing? So like, I, the straw I feel like is a very small. Yeah, don't come for my straws just yet. There's yeah. some bigger targets you can go. I'm for. on your side. We They're still not, have, and, and we also have the. Uh, this is <laughs> this is the stupidest joke I've ever written in my life. But they also have those. Um, you know, like a, a soda can, mm-hmm. and then you buy a six pack, and the top. Yeah. The things that eat the fish, are they yeah. kill fish? Yeah, the six pack uh, yes, thing. yes, yes. They, Why don't we use those to fish? <laughs> That's my joke. <laughs> Why are we still oh, fishing so with poles? If those things are so good at getting fished. You're right. You catch them all a bunch. Six but I guess time. the so I guess back to this story. <laughs> I guess the main problem comes bubble with tea. in Taiwan they sell a ton of bubble tea, and in, in bubble tea size. you need the thick straw. Right. You need a very specific yeah. straw, or else the the little tapioca thing gets Ooh. caught in the straw. Yeah. So they're up shit. You know, creek. I, I have I have great faith that they're going to come with some advancements. Because like I was just abroad and like they had like I had like a coffee cup and it mm-hmm. had like a thing called the super lid. Where it was like a lid that went up. So like you know like it was like so when you would pour when you, you couldn't spill it on yourself basically. Nice. It was like a it was like a raised lid. I just th- my, genius. My, my point is there's there's great geniuses out there. They can come <laughs> up with solutions. Science is the, working on yeah, it. Yeah, science is working on. They can come with a, a with a straw that's like not plastic, but th- they can do it. Now yeah. I think they can, but All right. I've never had bubble tea though, so maybe I maybe I'm totally. And Rachel's Just, fake news. Yeah, Rachel's fake news, man. All right, last story of the week. Eater.com. We're going deep on this. We're doing all the food yeah. bugs. I've today. literally never heard of this one. Is well, this real? It's like a rival to Grub Street. Oh, uh-oh. So we're, just, we're not you're, picking a side. You're fishing for sponsors. Yeah, both you're sides. Like, Good both people sides. on both yeah. sides. <laughs> Disney World now serves booze at every sit-down restaurant inside hey. the Magic Kingdom. Finally, That's I big say. news, because when I was there, they, they we had a guide one day, and he, told, he made a big deal about how the... Walt Disney family will never allow alcohol at Magic Kingdom, he said. Well, they're long gone. Wow. So they're, they're rolling over in graves, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> that was that like was... Walmart was never going to um, open internationally. Really? But they were never going to have their products made internationally. Oh, but then when no, the old that... guy died, yeah. once Sam Walt like, out. Farm it out. Who's like... got cheap small hands? Yeah, yeah, they're like all those textile mills down south. I wonder yeah. what it's going to do for... Um, uh, uh, the what's the other place? The Around the World place? Epcot Center. Epcot yeah, because that's been the place to get the booze all these yeah. years. That was always like the big... Thing they tell you in like the Lonely Planet. Yeah, well, you got to go to Epcot Center if you're. I think get what drunk. they got to do is forget the restaurants. They got to serve booze in those lines because you're sitting there in lines and these lines for a ride are like an hour and a half long. Yeah, and you know it's not worth it, but your kid wants to wait in it. They should have little like either Jello shots or something. No, no, no the, I, I, <laughs> I think they should make it fun. Big, make like, it fun. Like they shouldn't stuff. be Jello shots because that's too quick. Because then right. now you've only right. spent thirty seconds with Jello. You're right. Shot, it you're should be like a big line. giant beer. Yeah, like you get in like Vegas or. New Orleans, you know, that, like, just giant... Like a yardstick? Yeah. Yardstick. Yeah. Well, or the, those beer hats. Yeah, they're from Mickey Ooh. Beer Hats. Construction hats. Ooh. Mickey yeah. Beer Hats. With the with two the... beers on each side, and then the straws coming down. Yeah, that's yeah. what the next step. We'll be there in a few years. Walt Disney's... we got to wait for a few more family members to die. All right, well, <laughs> so far, so far, so good. Yeah. How many family members need to die until we get beer hats? That's yeah. what I want to say. <laughs> How many Disney's need to go? That's the question. Well, we're working to. We will stay. uh, This podcast will stay on the air until that happens. All right. That sounds like a. That's we're we're throwing the gauntlet down. All right. That is it. Amy, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. This has been a blast. Take two. We did it. Yeah. Fantastic show, Kaplan. What should we do? Let's get lost. Get lost.